Their children, Henry, nine, Martin, eight, and Jane, seven, were excited. It was a family tradition, and like all family traditions, it was something cherished. Bill and Denise were what some suburbanites would call homesteaders. From the 1970s right through the end of the 20th century, many people had left Boston in what the demographers dubbed white flight. The Richards were the other side of the coin. They chose to live in the Ashmont section of Dorchester, which, like a lot of neighborhoods in Boston's inner city, had seen something of a decline in the second half of the twentieth century. But the Richards were part and parcel of Ashmont's revitalization. They had sent their kids to the local charter school. They, like others, saw things changing for the better when Chris Douglas, one of the city's premier restaurateurs, opened a high-end place, the Ashmond Grill, right in the middle of the neighborhood in 2005. And the Richards were prime movers in getting the state to invest heavily in rebuilding the Ashmond train and bus station. The Richards were among those who breathed new life into an old neighborhood, giving it endless possibilities. The Richard kids were giddy with excitement, leaning against the metal barriers, watching the runners, who were different colors, like the flags of all the world's nations lining the last portion of the marathon route. Standing there, enraptured by the sights and sounds of people finishing the last steps of twenty-six miles, the cheering sustained. Neither the Richards nor anyone else noticed, as a nineteen-year-old Chechen kid named Johart Tsarnaev, wearing his baseball cap backward like many other kids in the crowd, approached from behind. Sarnayev placed a backpack right behind eight-year-old Martin Richard, then continued to walk up Boylston Street. They call the fire station Broadway, even though it's in the South End, a mile away from the real Broadway in South Boston. It houses Engine 7 and Tower Ladder 17, and it is one of the busiest firehouses in the city. On Patriot's Day, as the runners passed the finish line on Boylston, the men from Engine 7 were around the corner at an apartment building on Commonwealth Avenue, Boston's grandest boulevard. A group of college students had managed to put a gas grill on a narrow balcony to cook hamburgers and hot dogs while they partied Patriot's Day away. Two firefighters, Benny Upton and Sean O'Brien, looked at each other, thinking that however smart these kids were to get into college, they couldn't be that smart. Do you guys know how dangerous this is? Upton asked them. The college kids were offering sheepish apologies when there was a boom from around the corner. Upton, a former Marine who had done three combat tours, knew exactly what had happened. Bomb! he yelled, and he and the men from Engine 7 and Tower Ladder 17 were soon running at full clip up Exeter Street, right into the belly of the beast. They had only just begun running when they heard a second explosion. Jesus Christ, Tommy Hughes said to himself as he ran. Like Upton, he was a former Marine and could only imagine what lay around the corner on Boylston. Actually, he later told me he couldn't imagine it. It was worse than anything he saw in the military. Acrid smoke hung in the air and people lay scattered across the sidewalk. There were pools of blood body parts. It was at first eerily quiet, 
and the firefighters instinctively ran to the sides of the wounded. Upton, like the other firefighters, knew it was terrorism, and they assumed they were running into secondary explosions and perhaps a biochemical attack. But they, like their brother and sister police officers and paramedics and EMTs, ran toward the bombs anyway, because that's what they do. Tommy Hughes was almost immediately faced with a Hobson's choice. Two children, one a boy, the other a girl, both missing a leg, lay on the sidewalk, like fish out of water, wriggling helplessly. Hughes reached down and picked up the boy, who was closer to him, but his guilt was assuaged immediately because another firefighter picked up the girl. The little boy was as much in fear as he was in pain. Tommy Hughes hugged him as much as he carried him. It's okay, buddy, Tommy Hughes whispered into his ear. I've got you. It's okay, pal.